This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. It's the MVSP Season 3, Episode 24, brought to you by Bulldog Radio. As always, I'm Joe Nagy, joined by Brandon Worth in the studio. Brandon, we're a week out from Thanksgiving break. I'm so excited to just be done with school, just for a little bit. Are you excited? I'm absolutely excited. I dust out my shoulder pads. I'm ready for the family turkey bowl. Um, yeah. <laughs> I wish that still existed in my family. But it's going to be a great Thanksgiving. We wish you guys all the best holidays. Is A lot of us are going to be going home this weekend. Yeah. So seeing family, that's always fun. And it's certainly going to be a great weekend for sure. For sure. I'm really excited too. I'm seeing some family that I haven't seen in a while. Being able to just kind of be around everybody. You're going to have some fun. So always a great weekend. I'm sure you guys are excited for it too. Great to eat some great food. But we got a packed episode today. Got the Fair State Sports Report. A couple games to go over. A couple games to preview. A couple games to recap. Got college football as well that we're going to be talking about. And then bringing back some college basketball as the season is starting back up in a little bit. Haven't talked about that in a while. Very much uh, excited to get into that as well. But Fair State Bulldogs took on Hillsdale number 7 in the country in men's basketball. Barn burner. Absolutely, I want to say, yeah, dominated. 30-point victory. The Bulldogs are running. Dub. Dominant dub. dub. Dominant dub. Absolutely (laughs) fantastic game from the Dogs. I mean, taking on a Hillsdale team, well-ranked, well-represented in Division II, and one of the best teams in the GMAC, if not Division II altogether, just by the rating. And we flat-out crushed them at their place. This was a dominant game for the Dogs. And, I mean, in a lot of different ways. I mean, we did a really good job rebounding the basketball. That Mm -hmm. was some things that we struggled a little bit in the openers, especially against Ohio Dominican. And we really bounced back well. And, boy, if this team gets hot... Look out and call the fire trucks because it is incredible. When the the dogs are barking, you really can't stop them. 16 of 28 from three. 16 of 28. That follows up a 19 for 37 performance at home last weekend against Drury. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I mean, four dogs in double digits. A couple more. Reese McDonald, Ben Davidson at nine. We just had so many guys being able to score a lot. I'm, I'm just really liking this team so far. It's not... Like it's not as good as a 2018 team, but there are some guys who are really bring, like reminiscent of that talent that was on it. I mean, Logan Ryan has shown a couple a couple times that he. I mean, he's not as good as Zach Hankins, but he's got that Zach Hankins-esque type play where he's a bully down the paint. I mean, Vejas Grzulis, when he's coming in, he's able to really do some damage down there as well. I mean, Walt Kelser, 21, coming off the 40 bomb as well. I mean, the guy's just staying hot. I mean, and he was on what was it the North Divisions. Uh, Player Pre-season, of the week, pre- North mm-hmm. Division Player of the Week, preseason team of the year so yep. far. So, I mean, we just got a solid team who I think is really gonna. This whole team, I think, just can really do some damage upcoming in the year. I mean, regular season we're three and zero so far. I, as the season goes on, I'm really excited as we play Ashland at home tomorrow. I'll be working that. I don't know if you'll be working that, Brandon. Are you working that? I should be working that tomorrow. Yes. Hey-o. And I believe we will be bring uh, bringing back recognition for the 2018 national championship team. Really? Or 17. Yeah, it's going to be the banner ceremony. You know, the big banner on the back wall. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to be celebrating that tomorrow. It's pretty sick. So, it only took three years. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> it took, yeah, yeah, we we a banner takes three years. Yeah, who would have thought? Mm, Especially, yeah. I mean, we had the banner ceremony probably like when we raised it. 
in 2019, yeah, but, but they just got a big new... If you haven't been to Wink yet, they got a huge graphic on, what is it, the south wall? That would be... Mm, yeah, the south wall. Yes. And it's just like above the the uh, seats, and it's just like... I don't know, it's like a collage of like all the moments of that 2018 season. It's a pretty cool graphic, honestly. I really like it being up in that spot. But regardless, super excited for this team, what they're going to be able to do. They're going to be playing, like I said, Ashland on Saturday. I'm pretty excited for that game, too, because mm-hmm. Ashland is no, not a slouch team. They're, they moved to the GMAC as well, so it's going to be the first time that we're playing them out of conference. But, I mean, last year they, they, gave, us some, they gave us a run for our money, and I think it's going to be the same thing. But if we're going to be able to stay hot, I think we can go 4 now. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a fun game. I mean, we just mentioned the special banner ceremony, so um, we're definitely going to see, hope to see a lot of support coming out for that. For but, sure. Um, I mean, you look at Ashland, they're a pretty decent team. They've had a couple exhibitions under their belt. They beat Wayne State already, so that's a pretty good comparison of what we're looking to see. Um, and then they also had an exhibition win against Valpo and a win at Gannon, I believe it was on Monday. So um, they're they're looking to keep stay undefeated, just like we are, um, in a pretty same position. Um, they, they're a tough team. I mean, we found that out last year. I believe they were the ones that knocked us out of the conference tournament last year with a 100-burger. Uh, not a 50-burger. A 100-burger. Yeah. So they're not not—they're no strangers to scoring the basketball either. So it's going to be a fun one. I mean, going to really be looking forward to seeing what could be an offensive shootout and, and really just looking forward to a good basketball game, especially for a Saturday afternoon because that's sure. going to lead up into the big one. But, yeah. Um, switching over now into the women's side, they went over to Lewis um, to take on the Flyers and got the victory in Romeoville, eighty-five to seventy-seven. Um, a great win for Coach Wessendorp and his crew. Did a very good job. And really, I mean, looking at this team, like we definitely played a little bit sloppier, but we still put up quite a few points. And that's also that's always good to see because I know last year we had some troubles scoring the basketball. Because I mean, we've really we really relied on the three point shot, and that's no that's no disrespect to the team whatsoever. That's just our that was our strong suit was yeah. shooting last year. And you know, when you rely on the three point shot, if it's not there, the fallback is going to be a lot harder to make up. So I mean, we've seen some of those outings from them before, and I mean, this one was really we shot the ball pretty well. Yeah. And I mean, we did we did have a couple turnovers and gave them some opportunities off turnovers, but we did a great job of really locking down the paint and getting second chance points we led in that category 23 to 9 um, and we out rebounded them 43 to 23 that's a large margin so we're already seeing improvement in that department already and we're in game three right now at two and one that's a huge huge boost for this team especially with a young core with a lot of veterans now stepping back on the floor um like adrian anderson and chloe adoni who led the team in scoring by the way with 24 and 20 hey welcome back ladies oh, wow. in a big way Caden blanchard out at 11 mallory mccartney 13 and zoe anderson with 12 to round out the dog scoring only five points on the bench but i mean when you got the starting crew all in the double ball digits. in the hole i mean it was pretty incredible. I mean, just a fun, great performance, especially going down to Romeoville and being able to pick up the win. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's really promising to see what we've been able to do so far this season, especially last year. We were a little, I think we finished, what, just above 500 last year? Yeah, right around there, so yeah. So we had, I mean, a pretty solid GLIAC 
tournament performance. I think we won one and then uh, ended up going out in the second round. But just these first three games have really been promising, especially for what's going to happen when they come back uh, home into Wink when they play Earthline uh, next weekend, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm pretty excited for. Going to be able to see them back in action at home, and they're going to be kicking off a four-game homestand uh, after that November 23 Tuesday matchup. Uh, but yeah. Gleak plays right around the corner, so if they can really finish out these next four games with wins, I think it's really going to give a good boost for uh, the conference play. And, you know, we play Purdue Northwest and Wisconsin Parkside to kick it off, so I think it's going to be pretty solid. Uh, two solid tests, but two very winnable tests to start off conference. Yeah, and one notable thing on this game, our second half was very dominant. I mean, Lewis had us early on. They were winning, I believe, at the half. It was 37-31, yeah. and we outscored them in the fourth quarter, 33-18 to to get the eight-point win. That's some resilient basketball right there, and that's great to see from this very, very fun team. And we can't wait to watch them, just like Joe said, and we're looking forward to because it's a new look. It really is. I mean, our team last year was very young, um, not experienced, and I mean, they really fought to the very end with a lot of these teams. And mm-hmm. I mean, that were much, much, ha- or I should say, much more experienced than we were. I mean, Michigan Tech, for example, Grand Valley, those two teams had one of the best veteran rosters, and that was a reason why they were up so high in the GLIAC rankings, because they had experience. And, I mean, it comes in handy when you have that veteran presence, and when you have Chloe, Adrian back, and then you also have those contributing players like Zoe Anderson and Samantha Krause also, who's a graduate off the bench. I mean, those are huge pieces to this team, and I mean, it's going to be – this team is looking really good, and I can't wait to see them in person because, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see them with that new look. But we've already seen success, and we hope to see it keep rolling there. But moving over now into volleyball, our first round of quarterfinal action was completed and what could be our final game in Ingleglaben Arena. I think it is our final game. I believe it will be because if we host regionals, it will most likely be in Wink for the seating capacity restriction, yep. I believe, um, or to eliminate the restriction. So, yeah. um, I mean, what a way to end out. Just the way that you left the building, right? Sweet. 41 seasons in that arena. I have saw not lost 100 games, and we've yeah. won 82% I was just about to of say matches. that. The, the tweet that Ferris Volleyball sent out is just, that is Crazy, isn't it amazing? You probably played one thousand, two thousand, probably yeah, a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand games in that arena, and you haven't lost a hundred, not a hundred, which is crazy. That's, I mean, just utter dominance, utter excellence that the volleyball program has shown over, you know, the ten, the the amount of times that they've been uh, just at uh, Awood Glavin and being able to play. And, I mean, you've just seen it from this season. I mean, when we got home and we got on home floor, I mean, it kicked off a 19-game win streak. I mean, we haven't lost since that preseason or since that uh, season opener at Northern Michigan and Michigan Tech. I mean, it's just a really, really great testament to see how Coach T has been able to really turn this team around from that first part, and then being able to come against Northern, come against Northern Michigan, three zero sweep after losing to them three uh, one in in. Uh, the first game of the year. It's just great to see, especially since we're going to be playing Wayne State up in Michigan Tech this weekend. Uh, it's going to be different territory. It's probably going to be a little, like, a, I mean, neutral site, obviously. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be as loud as it was uh, last Saturday, but nonetheless, or last Wednesday, excuse me, but very much looking forward to Saturday. Hopefully they can get the win and see what they're going to be able to do Sunday in the in the tournament championship. Yeah, I mean, bad. Th- the, the worst thing on paper for this game is 
we're traveling up to Houghton. That's obviously going to be like a challenge. Worst, yeah. But um, the good news is we're not playing Tech yet. So um, that's a good way to get a bounce-back game in that gym, especially against a team we've beaten already at their place. Also, 3-zip earlier before, yeah. um, I believe it was back in September or October. So um, we have experience. We know what to do to beat that beat that Wayne State team. And, I mean, we're, we're really in a good spot. I mean, give credit to Northern Michigan because they really put up a pretty good fight in this match. For I mean, sure. we had them early on, and it was really really one-sided for a majority of that first set. I mean, run after run, it seemed like four or five points at a time. We got them in bunches. And, I mean, every set, Northern Michigan tightened it up. I mean, they gave 22 points and 23 points in the final sets that we ended up winning. And, I mean, it was tough. Like, we had to, I believe, um, Coach T had to call a timeout in the third third set just to make sure everybody was on the same page and knew how to ride this one out. And, I mean, give credit to them. They've always played us tough this year. And, I mean, talked to Samantha Herman after the game and we had the same thought like man that team they know how to play us pretty tough I mean they, yeah. it's just crazy because I mean you looked at some of the games that they played and you're like man they're kind of on or off and I guess against us they just they just level it up but um Herman had 8.5 points in the player um stat category Katie O'Connell led with 13 of course uh, with 12 kills uh, uh, Olivia Henneman Delape 12 points with 11 kills she had a great game um salesman with 9.5 um as well and obviously all the other dogs contributed as well absolutely fantastic game and really I mean this team has so many good pieces and we talk about that all the time and I mean the bench was fantastic I mean just being back in that home floor I hadn't been there in so long due to other um, restrictions as far as like classes and stuff getting some of that stuff done and just frankly like I mean you're played at home running and stuff a lot I mean and you, you couldn't be there because, like, running and stuff like that for most of those weekends. Right, yeah. So. I mean, I had other commitments for a lot of the season that kept me away from the home volleyball matches. And then, obviously, once we our season was wrapped up and we had our we had our off break, I mean, they were on the road for five games. So yeah. just seeing them back in, back in person was really fun. I really enjoyed it. And that bench, that bench was awesome. I mean, they really brought the energy. They got the crowd into it. The football team was there cheering them on. It was a pretty fun yeah, time. Great. So run into our friends, Tyler Miner and Malik Mitchell on the sidelines so shout out to them Um, but it was cool to see that support because you know it's rise with us all the teams for one and we all succeed as dogs together and that was pretty fun to see and I mean we're really looking forward to seeing how this team does this weekend yeah definitely Michigan tournament time yep Michigan Tech is going to be taking on Davenport and Davenport really showed us a tough matchup they're playing really well final or yeah final match of the regular season uh we only won three two so they're definitely mm-hmm. a team to watch out for michigan tech doesn't have an easy win coming up so we'll see what's going to go down with that but again michigan tech is going to have the home floor i'm sure that their fans are going to be packing the house as well they're going to be playing at 2 30 uh, on saturday while we play at uh noon uh big noon uh game can't wait for that but big I noon. Know, hopefully i can watch it i don't know but i hope the, so too. the Th- for the Ferris Sports like streaming thing, I have to pay for. So yeah, that's a bummer, man. That's the one thing is like I don't really want to pay for Should it. Should students get it for free? That's what I'm saying. We I don't just, know. Or like a very heavily discounted know. rate, to be honest, because that'd be kind of nice. I forgot. What is it? Ten dollars a game. It's ten dollars a game. And Unless like, you get the annual or it's like pass, the, yeah, the annual pass, which is I think is like a hundred or two hundred bucks or something. I think I'm so. I'm gonna try to look it up because yeah, that's interesting. You wonder if they're like to. I don't know. I just know you have to pay money for it, and that kind of turns it away. Yeah, so. or at least cut it in half for students. You know. Yeah. Because I mean, there's times where like I would love, like for example, um, we were over, um, like 
actually tonight would be a great example ironically this Friday because um, me and a buddy are going down to LCA to watch Detroit against the um, play Golden State which is freaking awesome opportunity but I'm going to miss hockey that. and Kate I would love and I would love to go like be able to check it in on my phone and watch a little bit of it hear Harrison on the call and just see what's going on in the game especially during like halftime or timeouts or something but I mean well, it, tune in to 97.3 that's the one thing well but. that is true but then it's it's then, hard like, to get that yeah. radio station but, down in but Detroit. hockey's different though because it's, it's uh, full hockey flow hockey so mm-hmm. it's a different thing that you gotta buy right, that, one, that one's a little bit more expensive which that, one's which, separate. that one's all of college hockey that uh, that one comes for so I mean it's different with a Fair State, whatever, and then the hockey because they're two different things. But nonetheless, I wish students didn't have to pay for the Fair State one because that would be kind of cool just to be able to watch it and not have to pay for it. But then again, got to make that money. Athletic budget kind of low, so no big deal. Yeah, it's hard when you're a Division two institution and yeah. you have a, a pretty large, I wouldn't say a large-scale enrollment, a large-er in, you know, not necessarily as high income of an area. So Yeah, that is it's true. It's understandable, but, you know, with student involvement and engagement, if you wanted to bring that up, there's an idea right yeah, there. Yeah, that is so, true. Just an idea. But, yeah, for um, sure. Moving over, I guess now since we chatted about him, hockey going to be in town this weekend. Rock your Reds hockey, if you're going to be coming hockey. Friday and Saturday. Tune in the live tweets. That's on me. Uh, it's uh, Mr. Joe Nagy there. Um, all, I almost I had to save you the one time. You got so excited you had a spelling error almost. I What was it? I said I spelled like Don wrong or something. I, I think it was Ben. Oh, yeah, I, I spelled Ben Schultes' last name wrong, yeah. and then I I think I missed the L yeah. in his name, and Brandon pointed out. So it's he was saving good. me that it one. It was a tag team effort, my friend. It is a tag team effort. That we also, was we also got scolded at for uh, celebrating too much in the in the uh, uh, press box, which, hey, I mean, we were up 3-0 at that point. Wait, so. Listen, it is hard, all right, to be an engaged fan in that is working for athletics that covers these sports so heavily and not be enthusiastic i understand the business of why the box is quiet and it has to be a neutral space and i completely understand we were yelling or nothing we were just like no we just high five too much too much fist pump after a goal which is totally understandable so understandable side note though i have to work uh football next weekend and most likely it's going to be grand valley that beats uh lindenwood uh tomorrow so most like grand valley is going to be in the box Yes. And let me tell you what. It's yes. going to be tough. I mean, I don't really react too much, but when Ferris plays Grand Valley, it's a different breed. It's like a different game. It's a different feel. So I'm definitely going to have to be biting my tongue whenever I, like Ferris be scores. Because I I know I know that Grand Valley is going to be really mm-hmm. – the people from Grand Valley are going to be super like, he was fist pumping or whatever when, he, when they scored. It's like, dude, like – Whatever you hate us, because you ain't us. That is true. That's what it's right all out about. of the article that said that's crying about how you guys lost. Doesn't even matter. Yeah. Um. Also, that is going to be a very interesting game because you know how much they bring into the box is going to be very interesting to me. Dude, because that's the, yeah. in Lubbers, they put me and um Harrison up in the box with. A, I think there was a, tw- I think it was about a twenty-person capacity as far as the main press box, as far yeah. as the writing passes and yeah. the, the chief executives for like, um, like obviously sure. the SIDs and stuff. There was only two of us, and there was the rest were Grand Valley. They that's were. That's the one thing. It was eighteen like, to two. How am I? How are that's we the one thing. To, what the heck? That's is that? the one thing about it. And that's dumb. I don't know. 
we're not technically a Ferris State affiliated. We just are Ferris State fans. So I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is I way just, more fun because we don't Grand have Valley, contracts. Grand Valley is a. They seem to just. I don't know. I'm not gonna say pretentious, but they just seem very. Hot, they, I don't know. They probably they just seem to think very highly of themselves. Arrogant, arrogant. Yes, correct. And that is true. You can tell that by not all. One, not, okay, not all. Grand Valley people. No, are not, not all Grand there Valley people. There are some people, people that work like, in that. Yes, but from what we've heard, with just like people that we know, when they have to like reach out and talk to Grand Valley and like kind of set stuff up, it's a lot of accommodating for them and not a lot of accommodations for us most of the time, from what I hear. Yes, that is that is part of the times true. But anyway, we'll get into that. Regardless, we'll get, we'll into, get that into that next week. Next we'll week. get into that next week when we beat Grand Valley and we can start trash talking again and there go 2-0 on the season and Grand Valley is our little sister. It's no big deal. All right, there you go. Um, we'll be, of course, awaiting the game of Lindenwood Grand Valley to see if we do, in fact, we'll play Grand Valley or... Lindenwood I mean, if it's Lindenwood, it's even better. You never know, but that'll be next weekend. Back to hockey, I guess that's what we were talking about before, I guess. But um, Northern will obviously be in town. Rocky Reds, like I said, you can say it multiple times, so it stays in your brain. Yeah. This Big is game. Very, two very winnable games. Yes, and we said this last week, and, and then it still just... applies this week. We need to finish a game for 60 minutes. Not 50, not 55. No. It's 60, 60 minutes completely. That's what Northern, we did against Minnesota State. Northern does not have the firepower and like the the depth. I don't think I if I I checked it a little while ago. I, I gotta probably check again, but they don't have I don't think the same depth as they used to. And they're also a team that you know is in the middle of the road. CCHA. I mean, we're two and two, so we're kind of just in the middle of the pack as well. And I think with with a with the town that we have, Jake Transit being back. And just the what we've been able to do these past couple times, coming out firing in the first period and the second period, I think we have a very good chance of being able to take control. But like you said, it's the finishing aspect of it. We have not consistently been able to finish a game yet this season. And whenever that's well, a cr- one, Minnesota I'm saying State. consistently though. True. Yes. So whenever it gets to that third period, it's going to be an unconscious like thing in the back of our players' minds. Like we need to finish this one. Is like we haven't been able. To f- finish it consistently and that's the thing in the fans minds too is like it's a very different you can even just tell when you're up in the press box just like because first and second period I mean everybody's electric everybody's buzzing Mm -hmm. but then when you get to that third period it's like a mood shift changes and it just like everybody's engaged in the game but they're more nervous rather than excited for Mm -hmm. gameplay to start because we don't know if we're going to be able to really pull out the win but that's the one thing is like if we can just play solid Make sure that Logan Stein doesn't get hang, left hung out to dry like he did a couple of those times against Michigan State, and our defense stays solid, and we don't take stupid penalties like get a or get a what was it was it tripping or slashing or something like that, and then Jake Transit punches a guy. Yeah, that really was not that. a great ideal the, play because that put us on a four minute. Yeah, power there's play. just and we were able to, we were able kill. to kill that penalty that penalty, but when you have to go on the defensive for four minutes out of a twenty when you're for a fifth of the period, then it's just a very different like mindset that you have to have when you come off of it because like you'll have five, but it's like, man, we've just given them so much momentum towards it. Now we got to kill off even more. So it's just one thing. If what they've been working on throughout practice this week is something that I'm very excited to see going to be transferring over to this game. Hopefully Bobby D can uh, really lead these guys to be able to play well in the third period. Don't know if they will. Hopefully they do. Because it really is painful when I'm like super excited tweeting and then I gotta be like, oh hey, other team scored, bad but, guys found net, and it's like, oh dang, we lost, tough. 
Don't want to do that anymore. I don't. No I want to tweet a no win, more. dude. I haven't been able to tweet a win yet. Yeah, I mean, it's just been, it's been tough. And I mean, this these are winnable games. I mean, Northern Michigan is going to be a tough test no matter what. They part. They're going to play us pretty evenly. I mean, they they beat St. Thomas pretty handily. Then again, they lost to Michigan Tech. So, um, and I mean, we played Minnesota State better than they did as well. So there's plenty of comparisons you can make. But obviously, it's going to be who shows up tonight and tomorrow night at seven and six o'clock for puck drop. That's who's going to win this game. Because, I mean, we have the ability. We have the talent. Like, we've talked to plenty of people. This team is well different. And if the fans don't, like, realize that this team's much better, then they need to come watch and see it for themselves. Because they are way better than they were last year. Way better. This team is much more crisp, much more efficient as far as their offense and defense goes. And they're really being able to put shots on net and pass some of these great goaltenders. We've seen, I mean, we talked about Michigan State's goaltender did a really good job, and we still were able to put three on him on Saturday. Yeah. And, I mean, it was really cool. I mean, we beat Dryden McKay, of course, because, I mean, his kryptonite is in England, I guess. I guess um, so, But, dude. I mean, we've been able to score, and that's something that we struggled with last year. I mean, we've been able to put... Like, we had a set of four goal games against Miami earlier in the year. We were able to beat Canisius in in that second half game on Saturday. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we have the ability to score, and that's going to be the biggest part is are we going to be able to hold? Are we going to be able to hold? So I don't know necessarily what the strategy is going to be, is if it's going to be playing a little bit more conservative um, early on, maybe. I don't know. Maybe try to save some of the the early lines for later in the game. I don't know what the strategy is going to be, but I know Coach Dana is going to put something together to combat this because we heard him in the press conference um, mm-hmm. after Michigan State. He knows there is the, that is the issue. He knows the third period is the issue. So they had to be, they're going to be working on it this last week, and we'll be able to see what they're going to be cooking up mm-hmm. and preparing for the Wildcats. And, of course, we're going to hope to see those great celebrations from TikTok that they posted sure, earlier yeah. this week because if they're be cool. practicing them, oh, boy, they better use them all over this weekend. And the one thing I'm pretty excited to see, too, is we lead the whole of D1 with shorthanded goals so far this Correct. season. Whenever that is a we're, great whenever stat. we're, I mean, a man down, or we've been able to really be able to keep the offensive pressure. And even when we don't score some games, we've been able to get some chances and really make it so that way they have to open up the ice a little bit and get ready for like that defensive, uh, that defensive put or that offensive push by us when we're a man down, which really, like I said, opens up the ice a little bit when we're down a man, but. I mean, that's the one thing, too, is just what are we going to be – are we going to be able to really, I mean, keep that pressure up as it kind of just a beginning of the season thing, or are we going to keep it going? Because, I mean, Justin uh, – I always say his name – yeah, McKaylin. Yes. I always say his name wrong. I always think it's Michelin, but it's not. Michelin, Michelin. Man. I, Yeah. Get your tires. He, I mean, he's got two. I mean, Stefan Bacconi's got one. Uh, Jake Transit's got one. So I'm very much excited to see some shorthanded goals this upcoming weekend, if not some really good uh, – some really good four-man uh, hockey play. So very excited for this weekend. Northern Michigan's always a good rivalry game. Uh, you know, they're one of the only, It's what is it, us, Lake State, Michigan Tech, and Northern Michigan are the only GLIAC teams that are carried over into the CCHA. So, I believe so. Yeah. Excited to see what we're able to do this weekend. Yeah. And, I mean, the first couple, the, I mean, the first two lines had um, okay. They, they didn't play as well against no. Michigan State. So they're definitely looking for um, a, a better game coming up against Northern Michigan. And, of mm-hmm. course, everyone's going to be in town to watch Bradley Merrick try to score his sixth goal the this season. The hometown kid. He's been on fire. And, I mean, it's really, really good to see 
Um, I mean, just some better hockey. And I yeah. can't wait to see what this team does moving forward. But, I mean, hey, that's a that's a fantastic stat that we lead an entire Division One hockey in, in shorthanded yeah, goals. It's us and Canisius are tied with four. How ironic is that? Anyway. We thrive. We thrive. In situations, we like thrive we said earlier on the show. But anyway, um, finishing out the Fair State Sports Report on a little bit of a sorrow note. Um, Fair State soccer season, unfortunately, has come to an end. Tough. It was a really tough loss in the opening regional round against Saginaw Valley State. And it was just, it was a hard one. I mean, this team was special. I mean, 15-3-4 overall record speaks itself. And I mean, it's, I mean, we looked at this game as... Yep, it was going to be tough. We had played this team earlier already in the season, and we ended up tying them nothing-nothing at home um, back in October, and then we played them again in the semifinals. Only got them one nothing thanks to yeah. Lindsey Cole. And, I mean, once you get to play him three times, third time yeah. can be the charm on the and good side and the bad. That's the one thing is I definitely didn't want to go to a shootout with them, and we did because they have, I mean, Gliak goalkeeper of the year mm-hmm. on their team. Exactly. And I knew if we went to that spot, even it's even though tough. Daria mostly is incredibly good at the goalkeeper position, and she you know has the record as a freshman with most shutouts in the year, it's it's a lot of it's more experience trumps talent in those types of situations. Because I've guarantee I forget her name. What second of goalkeeper's name? Uh, it's uh, Argeros, I believe. Yeah, Sa- Argeros. What? She's she's a veteran. She's a veteran goalkeeper in the Gliac. So you definitely know it's it's not the first time that she's been in those situations. So those types of those types where you just gotta like have it's like basically just like a guessing game, and it's tough for tough for them to really be able to do it well. But she just really stood tall and was able to get the win. I I don't know if Saginaw Valley are they playing today. Are they playing? Um, I believe they would play tomorrow as of Saturday. No. Would it be? Today, I think, isn't it? They might play today. I'll have to check. I'll have to check. We'll but to regardless, uh, you know, those types of situations are tough to tough to really overcome. Uh, you hate to see it because, like you said, this team was special. They had a lot of talent. I really thought we could have a, have a shot at really making the national championship this year, but it just really sucks that we were we got Saginaw, who gave us some troubles at, in the first round when a lot of these other teams got some got some more easier opponents. But then again, we weren't number one in the region, so you you know beggars can't be choosers. So it kind of sucks with that. But oh, none yeah. the, nonetheless, very I mean, very excited for what Henson's able going to be able to do with recruiting wise, being mm-hmm. able to kind of get a new group in, as yep. well as these juniors and sophomores that are going to become the veterans and leaders on the team next year. Because I think if we're if we really play our cards right, we can have a really good season and not only match this one but even do better next year. Because I think with the talent that we have, the young talent that's already showed out so far this season, we definitely have a good chance of repeating uh, Gliac champs. Yes, and it was. It's just you know, it's hard to watch a yeah. team like this of this caliber just go down. Unfortunately, yeah. just because this team's worked so hard and we have so many key pieces on this team, and I mean we're gonna be. In a position now where we're losing nine seniors, um, and which that's, is going to be tough, but yes, so I it, it is tough, and I mean we're going to be returning a lot of key players, and we're still going to have the ability um, to regroup. I mean, obviously we had Peyton Price get injured, um, and she's going to have another year. Um, Zamborini's going to have another year, and a lot of these key players are going to be our sophomores and juniors as well. But I mean, we're gonna it's the end of the road for Pia, Bree. Abby Gilmore, Maddie, Emily, Grace, and Nina, Stephanie, and Darby. It's a yeah. It's a a large, 
Thank you, seniors. Yeah, thank you, seniors. It's it really sucks, but I mean, last night though, I had to go pick up Barrett from it in mm-hmm. Grand Rapids. Oh yeah, that was a tough one. Shout out to Harrison and Barrett for making the trip from Big Rapids on Wednesday night after volleyball at nine or nine thirty. I think they left. Yeah. To get down to Ohio by one, what was it? Two in the morning. It was like two or three o'clock. Two or three in the morning. Two hours of sleep to get up to do the ten a.m. game. That's in tough. Ohio, and then come back, man. Troopers, but that's what the business does bring. Yeah. So, but shout out to them for surviving that, because boy, that did not sound fun when we were chatting about them beforehand. <laughs> yes, that was that. Mo- that was probably a rough, rough ride back. Yeah, but. get you sleep, but. It's tough, but still, great season for this team. Fantastic. First conference championship ever. Whatever is necessary to move forward, Coach Henson's going to do, and we're going to make it happen. So it's just a bounce-back opportunity for this upcoming year, and, I mean, don't think that this season ended in a loss before. I mean, just the fact that it ended in a loss means it was a failed season. This was a fantastic season, regardless. And this team was fun to watch. You have to admit it. And it was just a, an enjoyable time. It didn't come to the end that we wanted it to, but it was still a great season. But mm-hmm. definitely fantastic. That's going to do it for the Fair State Sports Report. Next, college football, college basketball. Stay here. Stay tuned. And we're back from our quick break. All rested up, all ready to go. Bathroom breaks had, drinks been having, we're all refreshed and ready to go. But to hop in first, we got college football coming up. Not too many games, Brandon, that really catch my eye too much. A couple of, you know, one, twos, threes playing off against some unranked teams. But the big one, Michigan State versus Ohio State, I think we should start off on first. That's really the only game that's between two ranked teams and the only game that's between two top ten teams. I'm very much looking forward to this Ohio State versus Michigan State. These two teams... Got one loss in the season, both nine and one, looking for a spot to really secure a secure a good good bid for the college football playoff. Michigan State is at seven right now, and Ohio State's at four, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So, some very good chance for both of these guys to really make a bid for the playoffs. Like I said, both of these teams, if they lose, they're probably going to be out of the. I won't say out of the top ten, but their playoff chances are definitely gone. But what are you excited for this game? Yeah, I mean, this is going to be the biggest test for the Michigan State Spartan administration. I mean, just signing Mel Tucker to a possible extension being in the works of 10 years, almost $100 million. Holy crap, dude. This is one of those games that you pay big bucks to win, right? So yeah. this is a big one. I mean, you're going to be playing at the shoe against a really good Ohio State team and, I mean, a great quarterback at C.J. Stroud. I mean, we've talked a lot about how great he's been, especially in our college uh, quarterback ranking list, which you can check out in the feed below. Um, and, I mean, you're looking at two really good offenses that really utilize two different sides of the football, you know? so Or I should say different two different styles of football um, yeah. with that side of the football on the offense. But, I mean, you're looking at the Spartans, ground and pound, Walker, give it through him 30 times and let him do his thing. And you got C.J. Strew that's going to let it fly on the other side. So, I mean, it's going to be an interesting game. I mean, you're looking at Michigan State, who's currently ranked 7th. I mean really could have definitely decimated their chances with that loss earlier in the season uh i mean especially after beating michigan that was just a that's a tough that's a tough yeah. pill to swallow for that football team but i mean this is a chance to really even the scoreboard i mean you're looking at ohio state who's been on a roll they i mean i want i want to say they've had not very many chances i mean they're playing purdue who 
playing upset earlier against Michigan State. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're looking at a team that's theoretically going to be better on paper in Ohio State that have played, I would say, overall probably cleaner football, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it, they've been a lot more efficient offensively Michigan State has. Let's say, let's say sure, it that way. Sure. And not as necessarily one-sided as Michigan State. But, I mean, Payne Thorne still played great, so... This game's going to be tough at the shoe. I mean, Michigan State's been a primarily good, great team at home. I mean, especially with that Michigan win at Spartan Stadium. But, I mean, going down to Columbus is going to be a big test. And when you look at this game, I mean, you're going to be looking at, really, Ohio State should win this game. I mean, ESPN's Power Football Index certainly says that, 86.3%. Yeah, that's a four against a seven, and it's 86%. That's how dominant Ohio State's been at the shoe. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a tough test. But crazy things have happened, and Ohio State has already lost to a top-10 team this year yeah. against Oregon. And I think the way that Michigan State can win this game is really picking it up on their secondary. They That's the reason why they lost against Purdue is they really let up some of those long, deep passes, and they really let some guys get open that shouldn't have been a lot of miscommunication. And Ohio State and C.J. Stroud is going to exploit that. If he sees that early on that he can pass all over him and really dominate and decimate their defense through the air, that's what he's going to keep on doing. And that's what Ohio State's story has been on the offensive side of the ball is just let it out through the air, and that's how they've been able to win big so far. But, I mean, Ohio State, Kenneth Walker is really making a bid for that Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, if you've seen his numbers compared to the Derrick Henry days when he won uh, the Heisman, he's better. And he's a great, great guy to have uh, on the on the ground when he's running. And I think if Ohio State can really plug up that middle and kind of keep keep him at 150 yards or less and maybe maybe one touchdown or two, I think they can really just do what Purdue did and kind of make it so that way Michigan State has to get be afraid of the ball when it's in the air. And I think that's what's going to what's gonna happen, especially now that they're going to be at the shoe. Ohio State's just going to play their game. I don't think Michigan State's going to win this game, but I don't think it's going to be as much of a blowout. I think uh, that some people think. Uh, so I'm probably going to go Ohio State by two touchdowns. It'll probably be like a 14 or or maybe two scores. It'll probably be like a 10 or 14 uh, point game. But regardless, if Michigan State can really clean up the secondary and change the story with that passing defense, then they really have a chance of pulling off the upset and maybe getting a four spot and getting uh, getting a bid for the college playoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you just mentioned the the overall like favorite spread um with this game i believe the i believe the spread right now is at like 19 for those that are into that sort of stuff not yeah. endorsing that on the air of course but um i mean the crazy thing is like michigan state has really kept a lot of games close against good teams i mean they only beat michigan by 4 um i mean they've really played some close games overall um i mean looking necessarily with ohio state they like to get out and just start running. So they've only really been in, I would say, one or two close. I mean, if you'd count Nebraska, that game was kind of pretty sloppy. Um, but, I mean, the Penn State game certainly was a little bit of a test um, later on. But, I mean, you're looking at a game that's going to be two top ten teams. So right there, I don't think you're looking at necessarily 20 points plus. But, I mean, I think it's going to be still a pretty close game. I think Ohio State's going to have the edge because it's just so stinking hard to play in the shoe. And I think Michigan State might struggle a little bit um, once Ohio State plugs the box because I'm Mm -hmm. sure they're going to do that and let their corners go to work against Peyton Thorne. But it's going to be a fun game. I'm going to say Ohio State's probably going to win this game. I'm going to say by 10. Um, but, I mean, I'm looking forward to a good football game because it's great to see um, these two teams playing a very prominent football game late in the season. 
Yeah, for sure. I'm really excited to see what they're going to be able to do. I mean, I'd rather Michigan State win this game just because I don't like Ohio State. But if Ohio State wins this, they'll probably beat out Oregon for that four spot, and it'll just be like the same four teams that are in the college football playoff as always. But some other games on the docket that, I mean, there's really not that many that catches my eye, to be honest. I mean... There's Oregon and Utah, which is four versus twenty four, but Yeah, that one's that, one's not that one be, could be interesting. That one's got Pac twelve invitations yeah. on it. Yeah, Utah is Utah's got the defense, but Oregon's Oregon just has the offense that can really do some damage there. But those are the I mean, Oregon they just kinda came out of nowhere this year. I was not expecting them to be number four. I knew that they were a better team than the years past. They kinda had that reminiscent of those early two was it twenty ten days? Mm-hmm. Or was it late two thousands? I can't remember the exact timeline of it but they really started to pick it up a little bit and they've really come out of nowhere to run the table a little bit yeah i mean being the being nine and one the third ranked team in the country and i mean they've done a fantastic job um being able to really do it on both ends like being able to throw the football being able to run and still being able to hold powerful offenses 225 points i mean that's what they've been able to do and i mean you look at a lot of i mean this that team really has I mean really played pretty clean football pretty much the entire year obviously the Stanford game is the only exception when they lost in overtime but I mean they've ended up they've beat a lot of tough teams I mean we mentioned Ohio State in week two Um, I mean we're really looking at a lot of pretty solid teams and pretty solid programs that you would say I mean obviously the Washington's the Colorado's of the world and you look at what their schedule has. This is really their first big, big test back um, since that Ohio State game. I mean, those teams are good, but they're not necessarily the same powerful teams that they used to be. I mean, mm-hmm. the Washington, when they were ranked, uh, I mean, looking at Washington State, who used to always be in the mix, thrown in that top 25 honorable mention area, especially with Mike Leach was there. And, I mean, now you're looking at Utah, who has been on an absolute roll as of late. Uh, a little slip up against Arizona a little bit, but they'll be okay. Um, but, I mean, still, looking to be a big Pac-12 game and certainly one that you might want to tune in for, especially being a 7.30 game. That's going to be fun because Pac-12 football under the lights always seems like it turns into an absolute shootout. But some other games looking, I mean, there's a there's quite a few games that could you could maybe look at upsets as far as ranked against unranked. I mean, I, Iowa State-Oklahoma might be a good one to watch, one might, depending on who starts for Oklahoma. Uh-huh. I mean, that one's going to be fun. Uh, I think you could definitely make an argument for Arkansas and Alabama. Those are two ranked teams, but, I mean, that's a really going to be an interesting Arkansas game. Ranked. Yep, or Arkansas or Arkansas's 21. Yeah. So, But, I mean, they've not had success in Tuscaloosa no. in a long time. No. So that one's kind of more of a ranked-on-ranked game. But, uh, I mean, NC State has played really, really well as of late. They take on Syracuse, and they're, they're now nipping on Wake Forest's heels to get up into that top spot in the ACC and take over what should have been Clemson's title to lose. So, yeah. going to be, uh, I mean, it's really going to be fun. And I think you got a lot of games that I think you can see a lot of shockers like we've really seen in football as in general. I mean, we just mentioned Wake Forest, they're playing Clemson. So, I mean, you're going to have quite a few programs that are really going to have some comeback games. I mean, Texas A&M's playing Prairie View. That's really not one of those games. But at the same time, I mean, we've seen a lot of upsets so far. And I think really, like, when you necessarily look at some of these games, I mean, it could turn up real quick i mean we saw thursday the thursday night game louisville i mean one absolute 
bomb of a game from Malik Cunningham. I believe he totaled up by, I think it was somewhere in the ballpark of, let me look at the official number here, 303 yards passing with five touchdowns. And then he also had 224 yards rushing with two touchdowns. That's Lamar Jackson-type numbers for the Louisville quarterback. So I don't know. Like you, you never know. Some of these teams that haven't – Good programs, struggled these seasons, now are starting to, hey, we're used to playing good football in the month of November, and then they start to come back a little bit. So yeah. those games that we just talked about, Iowa State, Oklahoma, um, the, the games we were just talking about with necessarily, like, I I think you can make the argument for the, um, excuse me, uh, I think you can make the argument for maybe Virginia and Pittsburgh. Virginia's played pretty well, but they've mm-hmm. kind of slipped up a little bit. Um, and then, obviously, like I think you have to make that argument for the Clemson game, too, because Clemson's still a good program. Dabo Sweeney's still a good coach. They've struggled some parts of this year, but you never count them out. Now they have a chance to play spoiler, a chance they haven't had in a long time. So going to be fun. A good week of college football ahead, and we're certainly looking forward to those big games. Michigan going to be taking out Maryland. We should be able to roll in that one and move to 10-1. and one. But For sure. still, anything is possible. We have figured that out, so God has remained calm. That's mm-hmm. for sure. But anyway, hopping on over onto the other side into college basketball. Dribbling That's right, our people. Way over. Oh, dribble our way over. <laughs> It's going to be an interesting season just based on what we've already seen with so many upsets. And, I mean, we even have basketball going on right now as we're recording this uh, Friday at 2 o'clock right now. Yep, that's right. Friday at 2 o'clock we're playing basketball. Apparently Bradley, I, or I believe Colorado State and Dixie State's athletic department said, sure, we'll play it like we'll noon. Old. That's weird. But um, shout <laughs> we'll out also. It's such a weird time. Isn't it? It's so weird. But also shout out to you guys for listening to this episode um, so later. We've had such a packed week over here on campus that we've had to push our shows back. But we appreciate you and we hope you enjoyed it oh yeah but um i mean looking forward into some of these big contests i mean we've already seen some key upsets ohio state goes down michigan goes down hey to see it hey michigan's still four though so that's not terrible here's the thing on this like we saw them lose to seton hall just going on michigan for just a minute here obviously because me and joe's favorite team michigan yeah michigan boys michigan boys here absolutely we played seton hall we did not play our best Mm-hmm. And they beat us. Yes, it's an upset. And it's an upset as of now. But mm-hmm. I really liked what um, I heard from Jalen Rose on the Jalen Jacoby show. That, of course, I wanted to hear his take on that. Obviously, being a part of the Fab Five and yeah. being a Michigan man at heart. When do preseason rankings ever matter? Yeah. Right? postseasons which really matters that's when that's when the actual numbers count into tournament bracketing and seating yeah for when sure these other games like these first like this is all i'm gonna say and i know some people are probably like oh my gosh he's defending michigan and he's slandering all the other teams that quote-unquote get upset and whatever he's just defending michigan that's not true ohio state like losing to xavier what if xavier's a good team what yeah. if they're top 25 caliber team we've seen it before they've been a number three seed a couple of years ago, they're a good program. Just because they're on rank down or rank now, doesn't mean they won't be. That just means their team on paper was overlooked by the preseason ranking committee. That's all that means. Like it's there's it's clearly simple to the point of these games 
are in the position to become upsets just because some teams, frankly, just don't look good enough on paper, and they get left off the docket when the rankings come out. Well, let's let's look at last year, too. I mean, Michigan didn't have the strongest of preseason match. I mean, they played. They didn't lose during the preseason, but they didn't have the strongest people to play. And we talked about that. I think it was... I think Adam Langworthy was on, and he was saying how Michigan State was playing all these tough teams and Michigan wasn't going to yes, be prepared. Yes, I remember the exact what happened? What happened at the end of the year? Michigan went on. We were, you know, one and we were in the top four going into the in the into the uh, March Madness bracket. We went pretty far. It's not like this is going to be a huge tone setter throughout the year. I mean, we're still four. We got a good chance at playing well. And if we know college basketball, there's so many games in this season that it's so rare to see teams go undefeated. So it's not like these teams, this win is going to set us back throughout the whole season. We're going to be solid. We play UNLV next, who's going to be a solid test for a bounce back game. We got Tarleton State up next. And then we got our first like actual real test of the season with UNC coming up. It's something that preseason and before conference games start up are sometimes where I just don't really care what the outcome is at that point. It's like, cause we're just trying to work the kinks out. It's the same when I watched Ferris State. When we were watching those exhibition games and when we were kind of playing with like the alumni and stuff, it was like it was a close game, but all we're doing is just kind of knocking the rust off here. I mean, we've been in the offseason all throughout summer, on the offseason for about five months so far. So it's not like it's a terrible thing to, you know, lose to Seton Hall, who's historically been a pretty good program. It's not like they're a they're probably on the edge of 25 right now already in the preseason so it's not like it's a terrible thing that we lost to him and we just had a bad game it's gonna happen it just so happened that it was our third game of the season it doesn't matter we're still four we're still gonna be solid we'll still have a couple runs we'll still probably be close to running the big 10 table throughout the whole season but it's just that we had to lose against Seton Hall who's unranked right now but I guarantee you by middle of the season they'll be edging out 25 maybe in the top 20 or even probably in the teens somewhere so that's not really what I'm worried about is because Seton Hall's a good program we just lost to him we didn't have the greatest game but we got some really good chances for bouncing back and getting right for the start of the season yeah and if I remember correctly Seton Hall was ranked I believe it was the 2019 season um, and they have some of the players from that ranked team. Like they're, yeah. they, it hasn't drastically changed. And it's not, like they're, it's not like they're a garbage. It's not like we lost to Buffalo. No, like it's not like we lost to them. We lost to Seton Hall, who's yeah. a good team. Just remember this: this Michigan team that was in the argument for the number one overall seed last year almost lost to the Oakland University Golden Grizzlies. Yes, Oakland. We almost lost to Oakland last year. We had to beat them in OT. Calm down. This has happened before, okay? And, I mean, we've seen some of these situations happen before. And just because you're ranked really high doesn't give you any credit in the preseason. None. It means nothing. Trash can. Absolutely nothing. Crumple it and throw it in the shredder. Like, that doesn't mean anything. Who was ranked 10th last year in the 2020 preseason ranking? Kentucky. Where did Kentucky end up? They had a losing record. A losing record, and they were in the top 10. All right? Preseason rankings don't matter as much. We were ranked where last year? 25 in the preseason. Where'd we end up? Point made. Yeah. Top five. So We made a huge... Yeah, last year was the jump that we made from unranked to number four, right? Yep. When we started off Mm 4-0. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. not even worried about it. All these people that are naysayers, not even worried about it. Yeah, but I mean, you're looking at a lot of these games, and there's going to be some ones that might haunt you as far as the committee is concerned. Going um, when it comes time for postseason um, seating, 
And I mean, we're not the only ones that have, are in this situation. Like Oregon got blown out by BYU, yeah. blown out. It was eighty-one to forty-nine. And Oregon, by the way, is a number twelve team. So the fact is, these games they stink to lose. But all I'm saying, pump the brakes on taking them out of the top twenty-five. Yeah, that's I mean, a Ohio little State, much. Ohio State lost to Xavier. Yes. That's and true. they're unranked, Which, too, so it's the same thing. That doesn't mean Ohio State's not a bad basketball team, too. Yeah. They're and just, they just had a bad run of it, a bad game, but it's yeah. preseason. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. So it's only Matt. And Maryland lost, too, also, yeah. to George Mason. So there's good teams out there, and just because that they're a big upset now, that doesn't mean you throw that team in the trash and out of the rankings already. Yeah, so it's far this season, terror, come on. Yeah, it's that's, not a, that's crazy. Not even worried about it. But not even worried about anyway, it. Anyway, we're going to have some fun with this Big Ten season because, I mean, obviously we're going to have a lot of great competition. I mean, Michigan State oh, yeah. is playing pretty well right now. I believe they're 3-0. Three, 3-0? Three no? Three no? Yes. Right? Yes. I think so. Yeah. I'd, I honestly am blinking right now on their... Let I, me check. Let me I, check. I, I, I think I can check as well. But Michigan is 2-1. and one. Michigan State is 2-1. and one. Sorry, they played Kansas earlier. I forgot about that. That is correct. As well on that opening tip night with that uh, North Carolina-Kentucky uh, game as well. So it's certainly going to be one interesting conference right now here in the Big Ten. I mean, you got teams like Iowa that are always going to be good and always produce high-quality players. Um, I mean, Northwestern started off 4-0, not saying anything like they're playing cupcakes or anything, but not the strongest opponents so far. But, you know, that doesn't matter. Like, this is this is the thing. These first, like, almost to my opinion, throw the first 10 games in the trash in the season. Here's why. Yeah. When do the things that you learn in the first 10 games really apply in the tournament? How many things out of a normal game plan or an average game plan that go into a March Madness caliber game are you going to use from games that occur in November and December? Yeah. Nearly none. Just because that's how the game changes so much. And how many times do we see um on like top five teams have zero losses? Zero. Yeah. It almost never happens. So there's even times where the best teams will lose, and they'll lose to games you don't expect, right? I mean, we've seen plenty of great upsets, so all I'm saying is, this is the whole point of the whole argument, do not panic when a big team drops to a small team opponent. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. there It's really not that relevant, and you have to know, like, half of these guys are they're playing their first games. so And if just because you don't play well in an exhibition game, those are the games that you don't play your best. Like, yeah. if we if Michigan played Seton Hall in, November, or excuse me, in February compared to November, what would the result be? Not even close to what it is right now. And that's frankly why you play exhibition games. It's because you get that bad stuff out of the way and you give those smaller chance teams a chance for you to be more competitive. And really get into the swing of things. So yeah. that's those are big games. So all I'm saying, don't don't panic yet. And I mean, you really should be looking at a lot of these teams with a little bit more of respect than trashing them after losing mm-hmm. an exhibition game. No, it doesn't look good, but that doesn't mean you throw them out of the top 25. Stop it. That's wrong. 
But, I mean, we're really going to be seeing a lot of great basketball coming up. I mean, we're going to have some uh, great matchups tonight, honestly. Like, looking at some on the docket for Friday the 19th. Um, I mean, Bonaventure has been a team that I actually got a chance to watch. They're pretty yeah. good. I think they're playing Clemson in the uh, their, their tournament championship that they got going on. But the Bonnies are a good team. Then they're always in the hunt for a automatic bid in March Madness. So um, I think there's going to be a... Um, a couple other top 25 teams in um, in action. Uh, I think Alabama is actually playing Oakland, ironically. That one's going to be interesting. Um, Michigan will be playing UNLV. It says at 12.30 a.m. I don't think that's correct. I think that means 12.30 p.m. But then again, that means they'd already be playing right now. And I don't think that's correct. I don't know why it says yeah. 12.30 a.m. I am it's got to be a typo. Is it a typo? I don't know. Why would they be playing? It might be like, since it's like out west, maybe? And then it'll be like that type thing. It's, oh, man. Like, it might be a 730 game, but it's saying like for Michigan people, you know? It's 1230, well, it's 1230 a.m. Eastern time, which would mean that it's going to be 930 p.m. Pacific time. But that's still pretty late. Yeah. It's got to be a, well, because that would, oh, excuse me. I'm yawning over here. I'm getting tired. Uh. That's just, I don't know. It's got to be a typo. I I mean, why would it be? Yeah, that's. Such. I don't know. I don't think it's a typo. It just looks really weird because they wouldn't say like, um, it's just, like it's twelve thirty a.m. Eastern time, which really is nine thirty Pacific time. But that's pretty crazy late to be playing a game in the first place. Like you know what I mean? It like says twelve thirty. I'm checking Detroit Free Press and it says twelve thirty a.m. I know it's it's so weird because they're they playing so late. I don't know, but. In reality, they're playing at nine thirty on the in on the yeah. Vegas coast, but it's still like nine thirty is really late to start a basketball game. You well, know what I'm Vegas, saying? Like so. seven to eight is right about the money. Nine is probably the max for me. Anything after nine is I really mean, I mean, out of the question in my book. Because I mean, you got guys that are used to going to bed during this time, and they're asking them to be at their most competitive, intense, high state. That's kind of crazy. Maybe it's to UNLV me. trying to get an upset. Who knows? You gonna hey, watch it? You gonna stay up till twelve thirty? Watch twelve thirty? Uh, probably not. I Same. mean, it, it, based on the traffic in Detroit, might have a chance to listen to it on the way home at this yeah. rate. So, twelve thirty, twelve thirty. That's just it's bonkers, man. I would never have thought that it would be that late. Yeah, like I get I, like eight o'clock. Eight o'clock starts are late for, for. Yeah, that's like at you, least at least a D one. Colleges, cause of like TV timeouts and stuff. That game's gonna be like three hours long. Uh huh. They're not gonna get out of there until like one. They're gonna be playing until three thirty a.m. Based on their circadian rhythm and Eastern time. That's how does that make sense? What is in the world? That doesn't make a whole lot of whole lot of sense at all. That's just so weird. Which I I understand. All I'm saying is find a medium. Like I know you like we're used to playing at eight. That doesn't mean that we have to play over at five in Vegas. That doesn't well, like even mean, have a six eight six o'clock start time. That's still nine o'clock for us. Yeah, I mean, like that's just that's just but crazy. nine thirty. So, I'm off? just yeah. I'm just saying find a medium. If they're used to playing at six p.m. Pacific time, we're used to playing at six o'clock Eastern time. 7.30 Eastern time and just do it or whatever. Yeah. Find find a medium and just go with it because that's helping both of your teams because I guess UNLV just badly wants the upset, I guess. But then again, 
who knows? There might be more method of the madness than we know, but that's one of the more notable games. I think Memphis will be in action, so you can watch Imani Bates and that crew. Uh, they're going to be playing at home against Western Kentucky. That's going to be a fun team to watch for sure. Yeah. Um, don't go to try to go to the Duke game. I believe tickets are at $130, and they're playing Lafayette. Lafayette. <laughs> that's nuts, dude. Being a Cameron crazy has got to be expensive. I bet it's probably pretty cheap for the Cameron Crazies. Well, yeah, but I mean, I mean, it's like a flat rate. Imagine how fast you have to get the tickets. Like we've seen the documentaries and like the videos of them when they sell season tickets to the students. Well, you ever watch tenting uh, out there before? The night before. You ever watch Duke Blue Planet? Uh, I've not. It's like a it's like a season long like documentary. I watched it when uh like Zion Williamson like R J Barrett and stuff on the team. But they did an episode where like they were following like the people that were camping out and stuff. Like how long have you been camping out there? Like it's been like a week and a half since <laughs> we're camping out for these NC and our North Carolina game tickets. Uh huh. I'm like, you're camping out in North for the North Carolina game when I, that's just ridiculous. I don't think I don't think for any game I would like camp out that long for it. Mm-mm. Like I love sports and I love like I'm a diehard fan for a lot of the teams that I follow, but there is. Little to little to no reason why I would camp out for that long for uh, for watching a game. Yeah, and even for like a late game, like as a yeah. fan, would you want to go to a ten o'clock college basketball game? Especially like theoretically, if you're looking at necessarily like the demographics of who's going to be buying a sports ticket and whatever. Um, like you're going to be looking at like the age range of like twenty to probably like forty or fifty, and yeah. all like. Of course, college kids, especially in the middle of the week, when you have like these, ten, like some of these, like nine, ten o'clock games, like we got class the next day. People got work the next day. Why are we yeah. starting games at ten p.m. if it's a weekend? You can make That's a little fun. bit of argument for that that it's okay, but like on, a, I mean, on a Friday, yeah, I can get it, but. For it, you just gotta think like for everybody. I'm, I'm just saying like just start a little like, it's just so hard on these guys especially when you're playing intercoastal games when you're asking one team to go completely out of their comfort zone for a game and like because i it's just crazy like start like circadian rhythm is real and when it gets disrupted i can attest to this Mm -hmm. i've been on a part of it and it is it is hard to adjust at some point, so especially when you're jumping a couple well, time zones. It's the same thing with like jet lag. Yeah, you know? like same it, concept. It's like you get tired, like when you go on a vacation, like across country. It's like you're up for a while because your body's just on a certain rhythm, and then you get to that point where you gotta, you know, especially if you gotta play a game, like you're they're probably getting there today, or yeah, they're probably getting there today at some point and just trying to get on rhythm at somehow and then they gotta go and play a game at late at night the next day and then they're just gonna be out and out the door and then basically on the plane right after the game so it's gonna be a i don't know that's just one thing that's like makes no sense is when people don't kind of take that into account when they're scheduling i mean unlv probably did and they were like we just want to play late so that way they get thrown off or you're just a scheduling issue who knows because they are playing in t-mobile arena so that might be a reason why yeah i i can i can understand that but that, that's just that's just hard to do, man. I, I, I give kudos to everybody that's going to the game. I mean, I'm worried about a 7 o'clock Pistons game. I can't imagine worrying about a 10, thir- or 10, or sorry, excuse me, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time game on the Pacific Coast for Michigan against UNLV. 
especially even the fans that are going to be trying to go to the game, the crazies. It's just insane to me. But then again, that comes with the business. So you just got to adjust, move on, win the game, and just keep on moving. So Mm going to be interesting. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Another great episode. And we appreciate all of your guys' view. If you want to get notifications on this podcast, look no further than social media at the MVSP on Twitter and Instagram. We're posting everything that we see and is notable for you for Ferris State Athletics and Notable College and Pro Sports and more. And don't forget to subscribe and follow whatever podcast platform you are on. I like Spotify. I hear Joe's a big Apple guy. I'm not even a big Apple guy. I rock, I rock Spotify all day. Ah, uh, that's true. But we also have Apple and other great platforms true. for you to listen to on, so make sure you subscribe and follow there. But until next time, guys, take care, everybody.